So yeah, he asked that question. You know, if if you were to die, and God said, "Why should I let you in?" <laughs> kind of thing, and 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 really pointed me to because you promised, mm. and turned it from my security being in what I do and what I say and rededicate, you know, all that yeah, kind of stuff yeah. and pointing me to the one who secures me. Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. Today, I have a guest with me that I have known for, I guess it's been almost 30 years. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost yes. 30 years. I have with me uh, Amy Jo Moore. Now, Kyle Moore, you've heard before. Kyle was on the podcast about a, about a year ago, and he is one of our guest lecturers. Uh, and every, now when he comes, and last year did the same, Amy Joe came with him. Not every guest speaker can bring their wife, but, but Amy gets to come, and that's been a blessing for our student body. And like I said, I've known her for 30 years because she and Kyle were students here. What year was that? 9394 so it's just over 30 years. Wow, it's yeah. right at it. Okay. Yeah. And so they were um we were talking today they were in our home group, they were in the choir that we had back. We had a choir for the first 10 years that we were on staff. They were in that choir. And so we actually spent a lot of time with them. Um they um would have known Lauren when she was just a toddler and I don't was yes. I seen a Madeline Madeline was born that year. Arlene was pregnant, at least. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And uh, so anyway, so we have now, we have with us Amy Jo Moore. Amy Jo, welcome here. Thank you. Good to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. Now, you're going to hear me uh, talking to the listener here. You're going to hear me hesitate when I, when I call her name. It's because for 30 years, I've called her Amy Jo. And now we were talking about this just before we started the recording is that now every once in a while I hear her called Amy and I didn't know if she has changed that, but it's not. It's just, she goes by both. And, uh, but anyway, Amy Jo is more her formal name and Amy is kind of what she goes by kind of a like she says kind of a nickname so anyway um now we have reconnected over the last what has it been almost five six years yeah when we came back for Thanksgiving conference or different things like that yeah so we've seen you and Kyle I guess at least once a year for the last number of years and then starting last year uh, Kyle started coming as a guest lecturer, yes. which is really fun for me because, you know, I, I'm seeing, you know, I, I've been around now for uh, 31, 32 years. And so now we're starting to get, um, not only am I starting to teach students of students, but also the majority of the people on staff now were my students. And now we're having mm-hmm. guest speakers come in who were my students. So this is yeah. really kind of fun for me to it's see. It's fun for us too. Well, it's good to have you guys with us. Um, now, uh, let's you know, l- let's talk about, uh, let's go all the way back to the beginning of Amy Jo's life. Where did you mm-hmm. grow up? I grew up in Fallon, Nevada. Okay. And where about in Nevada is that? It's about an hour east of Reno. Okay. All right. So you grew up there. Did you grow up in a Christian home? No. Okay. <laughs> when I was born, um, definitely not. My Neither of my parents were Christians. Their parents were not. You have to go back to my great-grandparents oh, wow. um, in North Carolina to mm. find Christian heritage there. 
Okay, so so you, you grew up in a in a non Christian home. Did you you know did you go to church? Did you hear about Jesus? Did you you know what what was what what was growing up like? Yeah, so growing up, looking back, I just see God really protected mm. our family. Um, my my mom had health issues. My dad um, was an alcoholic. Um, wouldn't say it was a bad childhood mm. at all. Okay. Had lots of fun, grew up on a farm, mm. enjoyed all of that aspect, a lot of just running around with my brother. and um, But there were a lot of issues, a lot of things that they were dealing with, and they didn't know the Lord. And so a neighbor on the, the farm down the road, Lanny, she invited my mom to go to church. Uh, my mom would say she pestered her to go to church with her um, over and over. And um, not that long ago, she passed away. And I was thinking about that, how six generations of my family mm. have been affected because Lanny pestered my mom wow. to going to church. So my mom became mm. a Christian. Um, later, I did... My great grandma did wow. my mom's mom, <laughs> wow. and then um, my kids, and then my grandma, my mom's mom, mm-hmm. right before mm-hmm. she passed away, and now our grandkids are being raised um, in the church, mm. r- you know, taught about God. So yeah, six generations because one lady pestered a young mom with two kids into going to church with her. Wow. What a story. Yeah. That's 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 really encouraging to hear. So how old were you when you came to know Jesus? I believe I was about six or seven. Oh. I remember what school I was at. So I don't know if it was first or second grade, okay. <laughs> but I know that school. And um, I remember praying with my mom in her room. Like I, I remember where the bed was, you know, I remember the details of it. And then I was in Sunday school and the teacher said, if you're not a hundred percent sure to go into this back room. And I, I remember panicking thinking, well, what if my mom did it wrong? Mm. I'm going to go make sure the professionals, like, like I'm going to go ask the professionals, make sure we do this right. Like I knew at a young age, this was serious business. And, and so it's just kind of funny looking back on it. But I remember thinking like, I'm going to go ask the professionals to make sure I did this right. Okay. Yeah. And I just fell in love with Jesus and I wanted, Mm. I remember wanting to go live with him then. Like it just sounded really good. Mm. Like, can I just go live with you now? Mm. And so, um, yeah. Well, yeah. what what was it like then? You you came to know Christ when you were six or seven, mm-hmm. and so you did you know, get to grow up in church, right? What was yeah. you know what, what was it like? What was it like growing up as a Christian? You know, having you know your family not being believers to begin mm-hmm. with, then you become a, a believer. And what was it like for you in church and school? You just growing up yeah. in those years. Looking back, I can see how God just really changed the course of my family's life. Mm. Um, my my dad stopped drinking. 
we celebrate his sobriety every groundhog day. (laughs) And so, um, but that was after, you know, a lot of car accidents and Mm. being in the hospital with a blood clot on his brain. And Mm. we were told if it moves, he dies, you know? And, and so going through that, that insecurity of just all of those ups and downs and, and tension and, and question marks and, um, being woken up in the middle of the night, you know, your dad's had an accident and, you know, just not knowing. Um, and, but yeah, God brought them through that, kept their marriage together. My dad became a Christian. Mm -hmm. And so, um, he, he didn't come to church that often. He would come when there was my brother, I were doing something or, you know, when there was an event, um, I've been told that there was a lot of hurt not being accepted as somebody who used to drink. Um, I don't know all the details. I was young, so I don't know all of that. But it was mostly my mom taking my brother and I to church. So, um, yeah, just insecurity, but also the church can cause insecurity too, Mm. as far as at camp, you know, rededicating your life and just all that kind of stuff. And I've heard a lot of other people on this podcast talk about Mm -hmm. that. And, um, I, I was blessed in high school to have, um, Bob Burroughs as my youth pastor. So he's been been on the podcast and his, his wife, Chris discipled me through high school, which was just, such a huge blessing to have her in my life yeah, and um she kept me out of a lot of trouble meaning mm. i didn't want to either keep something from her or tell her something that i shouldn't have done <laughs> so i there were a lot of things in high school that i didn't do because i knew she was going to ask me mm. on wednesday you know mm-hmm. <laughs> what i did that weekend <laughs> and so um i remember bob asking us a question like you know, excuse me just yeah. a second is it interesting to you to you know to, to think about Chris and her discipling of you, and to think that all those years that she used to come here as the guest speaker's wife, and now you're here as the guest speaker's wife? Yeah, I well, yeah, it's it's fun how yeah it goes full circle. Yeah, it and, is. Yeah, and, I think that's so neat. Yeah, because uh, like you, she um, for years, you mm-hmm. know, they still come and she plugs into the students you yeah. know she spends time with them and, yeah. and, and, and you know you're doing the same thing i yeah. think that's i think it's really neat to see how the lord continues mm. to to do this yeah she um i would say eternally invested in me mm-hmm. and so there's been people over the years who have done that to our kids and that is as a mom that's the biggest blessing mm. is when somebody eternally invests in my child mm. and now my grandkids um that's the best gift mm. that anyone could ever give me or support, mm. you know, is, is that, um, yeah. So I, I definitely value and treasure those hours that she spent with me, the meals that Bob cooked while we were in the office, <laughs> <laughs> the, the dinners that I shared with them and their kids and mm. yeah. Yeah. They're a neat couple. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. And so, yeah, he asked that question, you know, if, if you were to die and God said, why should I let you in <laughs> kind of thing? And, and, and really pointed me to 
because you promised Mm. and turned it from my security being in what I do and what I say and rededicate, you know, all that kind of stuff and pointing me to the one who secures me. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was a huge shift and something I I think about often is um, just that it's God who is the one who holds me. Mm. And praise God, because if it, <laughs> if if my eternity was dependent on me, mm. not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I understand. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Same with anybody. Yeah. yeah, and I appreciate you bringing up the whole thing with, you know, the, the futility of the rededication and the rededication. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's, uh, you know, how many times, you know, I've been through it, you know, myself, you know, for mm-hmm. years, where this time... Yeah. This time. I mean it. Yeah. I'll get it right this <laughs> I, time. I, yeah, I, I. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but the Lord is so patient and so faithful to yes. to bring us to that point where we realize I'm the problem. Mm-hmm. And and only Jesus, you know, only Jesus is the, can can do this. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 the, and the peace, you know, that, that's Major Thomas used to tell us, the pressure is off. Know that this is this is not up to you. You can trust him, and and move. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Yes. So at a young age, that's really interesting. You know, often we hear people say, you know, that it, you know, they they come to know Christ when they're young, but then it's much much older. You know, where they come to realize that that I can't. I can't do this. Well, I'm still learning that. Yeah. <laughs> that was the beginning. Well, I guess it's better to say to come to that realization, yes. you know, that the beginning of understanding yeah. that. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. neat. Okay. Well, um, how did you end up? Uh, and don't let me go to jump too far ahead. If you want to pull back and talk about other things, let's do that. But how did you? You know, you 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 went through high school. Um, um, Chris is discipling you. How did you end up coming to his hill? Yeah, so I'll I'll back up one year. So yeah. end of high school um, is when I got to know as God as my provider. Mm. Um, I had plans to. I even had a dorm deposit down at a um, school in North Carolina, and I was going to play volleyball and do interior design. Okay, and it was the end of the school year, and all those plans fell apart. And I did not take that well. And I full-on panicked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I remember staying up at late at night with my brother and just crying and crying. And um, I had one of those little books that had like a topic and then verses that went with it. And so um, in that book that night um, was Isaiah 58, 9. Says then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and He will say, "Here I am." And I just, hmm. I'm, I think in pictures. Yeah, I, me too. I very much think in pictures, and I just, I could just picture him with his arms open wide, saying, "Here I am. Hmm. Call, ask. You know, hmm. come to me." And um, so that night, I, like God, I have nothing. All my plans are gone. All of them are, like, are not going to happen. So now what? And it's the end of school year, you know, kind of too late, I thought, to do anything. Money-wise, all that kind of stuff. And so I, I 
yeah, I just said, just, just, what am I supposed to do? I don't even care. Mm. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? So then, um, I went to bed, went to school the next morning and then got home from school and in the mailbox was a, a letter from the UNR University of Nevada, Reno, um, alumni with a full scholarship, even paid for like my art supplies, wow. <laughs> like full, full, like covered everything. And, um, you know, in my mind, that wasn't where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go away. Right. I didn't want to stay close, but, um, but it was just shocking to me. Mm. Like that was the first time I remember God specifically answering a prayer of mine. You know, I knew he answered prayer, mm-hmm. but like my mm. prayer that yeah. I had called yeah. out to him. And and it was just the perfect timing of it is he waited until I knew I needed <laughs> We need him all the time. We're completely dependent on him all the time but he just waited for me to acknowledge it Mm. and um and that decision for that scholarship had already been made that Mm. letter had already been mailed right and he just waited Mm. until he got the credit for it and it was because if it had come a week earlier then be like oh look what i got right yeah i got this scholarship and so um i just saw him saying this is my plan for you and I've got you and I'm providing. So then, um, I went there. It was, it was a good year. Um, I had wanted to go into interior design, architecture, all of that from about the age of 10. And that was just, that was my path. And so God bless it, you know, just, (laughs) that's what I was going to be. And so, um, and then God just really showed me that that's not the area that he wanted me in. Um, growing up on a farm, kind of smaller town, going into that field and art field, um, was very shocking. Um, even back in the early nineties, just the, the lifestyle and stuff was, um, not where God wanted me mm. to. And so he, he took that desire I'd had for like almost half my life at that point and, and just surrendered it, like mm. just got rid of it or I had, I surrendered it, got okay. rid of it. And, um, so then it's the next summer, the end of summer. <laughs> and again, don't know how, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. So the scholarship was just for one just year. Just one year. Okay. Just one year. And um, so I'm at church, end of summer, and freaking out again. <laughs> and I wrote on my bulletin, just tell me, just tell me. I don't even care where I'm going to go. Just tell me what to do. Just tell me, just tell me. And I wrote that over and over and over on my bulletin. Put it aside. And then listen to the message, sing the songs, all that kind of stuff. Stood up. And the very first words I heard after the message was Bob Burroughs came up, put his arm around me and said, Amy, I just really think that you should go to his hill with mm. Brennan and Robert, which were two friends that were coming that year. And I went home and I told my mom, I'm like, oh, look what I wrote. And then Bob said this, isn't that a crazy coincidence? Mm-hmm. 
And my mom just kind of shook her head at me and like, yeah, coincidence, you know. So, um, and at that time, okay, really date, no internet, no right. emailing yeah. stuff. So um, a call was made and I think Bob called Charlie or something and said, there's another student coming. She'll have her paperwork with her. Kind of, You know, like yeah. it wasn't, it was very last minute. So basically packed and drove mm. and um so so did you know what you were coming to i knew it was bio, i knew yeah i mean he had talked about it okay. okay i knew it was a bible school for a year okay yeah i don't <laughs> like <laughs> yeah there wasn't much research done on that um and so the night before i left um so there again he provided and he told me what his plan was what the next thing was for me and the night before I left, Chris came up to me and said, I just want you to know that Bob and I have been praying that you'll meet your husband there. <laughs> and so then driving for three days, you kind of, and in my 19-year-old mind, I'm thinking, oh, well, they're prayer warriors and their prayers are answered. So, oh, that's, you know, that's not, that wasn't my thought at the time. It wasn't my, my desire one day, but not like then. Right. And yeah, so came here, and like you said at the beginning, um, I ended up in the same ministry team, the same home group, the same um, sifting dirt in Mexico um, crew with with Kyle and got to know him, and um, yeah. Mm. And um, so you guys were here together for that year. Yes. What was the year like for you? It was, it was great. It mm. was, um, it was wonderful to dig into God's word. One of the things about going to UNR and being in that environment is I knew what I believed, but I had no idea how to defend it. Okay. How to stand up for it. Yeah. How to stand strong in those those beliefs yeah and so um this sounded like just what i needed mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that was it was really good and it's been a huge blessing for kyle and i to have that foundation to have be on the same page when we got married um mm -hmm. there were so yeah, many things I that i think hardships that we did not have because we were already on the same page and um charlie did our premarital counseling and took us through so many different questions and he actually laughed and shook his head at us when we started he's like oh you too <laughs> <laughs> because personality wise he knew that we both had certain tendencies to you know be quiet or for me to be a bulldozer and um so yeah just he's like you're gonna need a lot of prayer <laughs> so god's god's been gracious to grow us both and in those areas and yeah i i loved learning i i loved learning how to dig into god's word mm. Um, I loved being around Christians. It 
it was shocking to me that in the first year I felt closer to some of my roommates than girls I'd grown up with. I one of the students yeah. said that just the other day. Just the bond of Christ, that that commonality yeah. is it it's hard to describe. Mm. And I w- I just was really shocked by that. Mm. And so yeah, the whole the whole year was a huge blessing. What you were saying reminded me of Charlie and I were speaking at a reunion one time. And one of the alumni came up to me who was in college at the time. And she says, you know, Kelly, I just want you to know that in college, we, we do have all this stuff thrown at us that, you know, th- that we hear is going to happen. And, it, and she said, it's, it is pretty tough. And she said that there's other believers in the class with me and they're freaking out. Mm-hmm. But I want you to know that I'm not. I... I know what I believe, and I know why I believe it, hmm. and 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 Christ is is faithful. Yeah, you know. So that was, you know, so you know that's throughout the years. That's what we've you know been encouraged with. That it, it's you know so many <laughs> that the biggest issue for students in coming to Bible school that we have found the biggest obstacle they have to overcome so often is really the parents. That they, 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 the parents really struggle over whether or not this is profitable. Hmm. You know, you're not going to get a degree out of this. You know, why are you doing this? And we have a lot of campers actually every year that want to come to Bible school, but their parents will not allow it because it just seems like it's such a waste of time. Hmm. But we have so many people who have been through the program that tell us, no, this, this was, this, this was foundation building. Yes for the the rest of my life. And I've said that to so many people mm. of I don't care what you do in life. Right. It is I've used that word foundational. Mm-hmm. It is your your base for whatever God is going to have mm. for you. So um there's a lot of things that could be a waste of a year or two. Right. But Coming and getting grounded in the word and getting, being in a safe environment to ask questions yeah. and to to grow and to have understanding and create a filter mm. to view the rest of the world and all the junk that's going to be thrown at you is, yeah, it's the most wor- worthwhile thing that you could do. Mm. Yeah. So this was, uh, so that was your year here. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, did you guys get married the next year? We got married that summer. That summer. Okay, yeah. so right away. Yeah. You left here, got married. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle is from Canada, and I'm from Nevada, and um, and it was a lot of paperwork mm-hmm. either way. I was looking into trying to go there as a student or something or, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, yeah, we got engaged spring break. And had a couple months, got married, and went up there. Okay. Yeah. So um, t- tell me tell me about your marriage. You guys yeah. were in Canada for a while, then you moved to the States. Yeah, we were in Canada for eight years, and all our kids were born there. And Yeah, I remember we had a Bible study in your home in Canada. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was, yeah, a sweet time. It was um, great to get to know. Um, Kyle has a, a large family, 
um, compared to my family, it's it's a very large family. He's, I believe, the youngest of a lot of cousins. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that was great to live there and get to know who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So eight years there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, and then we moved to Nevada, and now we're in Arizona. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, you t- tell us, you know, you have three kids. Mm-hmm. Tell us about being a parent. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, I'm just going to back up just a Do little it. bit. Yes. Yeah, go right ahead. So um, at, I just wanted to share about that first year of Kyle and I's marriage. Okay. Is that okay? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, so about, I think nine months, we'd been married about nine months and, um, we're up in Winnipeg and I, the phone rings at 1115 at night mm. and, um, it's my dad. And mm. I remember thinking who's, you know, who's calling, there's no caller ID or anything like that. Who's calling this late at night? And um, it's my dad. And he said, I ran your mom over with a tractor. Mm. And I said, is she alive? And he said, I don't know. I've got to go. So he called you right after this happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so wow. she, well, she was in the hospital. Okay. They were trying to stabilize her. And I believe in the hospital in Fallon to care flight her to Reno. And... Um, I'm a lot of hours away. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, uh, Kyle comes out, uh, you know, when he starts hearing me crying and, um, that morning he had just gotten a new job. So he had just given his two weeks notice and we were up, we were looking for a, an apartment, um, in a different part of town and, so we, he just said, let me get a couple hours of sleep. And in the morning, I will go to his current job, let him know that he won't be there for his two weeks. And we'll, we'll drive, we'll head out. Mm. And so I stayed up that night and wrote checks <laughs> and wrote notes to people and did laundry and packed and, and we headed out and drove I think it's like 24 hours straight Mm -hmm. to get there. And during that drive, not knowing if I was, you know, again, no cell phones or anything. So not knowing if I was going to see my mom in the hospital or going to pun her funeral. And so there was a song, um, God is in control that I had just gotten on a CD. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, I remember Kyle being asleep, in the back seat of the car and I put that on repeat and and I said I'm going to listen to to this song God is in control until I believe it because mm. right now it does not feel like you're in control mm-hmm. and so I listened to it for a couple hours and slowly my my head believed it and then later my heart believed it mm. and that even if we I never saw my mom again here on earth that he's in control. Mm-hmm. And so um, we we got there and she was still alive. And um, she is still alive mm-hmm. now. She 
should not be. It was it, a horrible, I mean, yeah. So it was a John Deere, I believe, oh man, if I get this number wrong, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> I think it was an 8880, um, duels on concrete. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember when it happened and I remember getting the, 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 all the information thinking, oh my goodness. Yeah, there's even her doctors who they became really good friends with said that there's no medical explanation for her mm. survival. Like wow. they did experimental things on her. They did all sorts of stuff, but she was crushed. Oh. Yeah. And so um, the first couple of years of our marriage, I are just really characterized by seeing God as a miraculous healer mm. because there were things that happened that should not have happened. Um, and our second year of marriage, um, I was pregnant and we went in for the ultrasound and, you know, thought, Oh, we could hear the heartbeat, all that kind of stuff. Mm. And person after person comes in and, then another guy comes in and says, oh, well, you're young. You can try again. Oh, my. And. That's how you're told. Mm -hmm. And we're like, what do you mean? And they're like, oh, your your baby died, you know, this many days ago or whatever. No. So then go home and wait till your body gets rid of it, discards it, I think is the word that was used. And. Yeah, not not a fun time in mm. life to go home and just wait for your child who has died mm -hmm. um, for your body to go through labor you, mm. and with nothing no reward at the end yeah. of it and so um what ended up happening is i later went into the hospital and um they wouldn't allow kyle back with me even though there was a sign that said they could he could be but um they they went and got him and they said we're losing your wife we have to do emergency surgery and so they rushed me in i i don't remember <laughs> this mm -hmm. stuff but he's by himself in in the hospital middle of the night and he's just lost his first child and then he's just told that his wife's dying mm -hmm. and he um you know, we we don't think like, oh, you can just open the Bible and point to a verse and it's, you know. Yeah. But in his moment of loneliness or being all alone, he opened the Bible and just started reading. And the verse that he read was with David and it said, um, weep no more for your son has died and I will give you another and you shall name him Solomon. Mm. That's what he read. Like <laughs> he just opened and that's, that's where he's like, he just opened and start reading God's word. Mm. And um, so he shares that he said, okay, God, I'm holding you to that, mm. that my wife is not going to die and that we will have other children. Mm. And so um, later on that, that was just really hard um, you know, having other people who have had yeah. kids and they're like, hold them, don't they feel great? And, mm -hmm. and it was like, this feels horrible to say, but it was like the worst feeling mm. to hold 
somebody else's baby when I was wanting to hold my own. Mm-hmm. And um, my arms just, I remember them aching, like mm-hmm. physically aching. And um, so I was able to get pregnant again. And about three and a half months, things started happening again. Mm-hmm. And I just remember crying. And I'm like, no, no. And um, went in and, yeah, the placenta had ripped away. And and they said, um, you, this baby will not go full term. But let's, let's try to go as long as possible to give the baby as good a chance as possible. Mm-hmm. So don't bend over to tie your shoes. Don't don't go upstairs. Don't, you know, like just that I wasn't put on bed rest, but basically upright better, <laughs> you know, you d- I just had to be really, really careful not to do anything jarring. And, um, fast forward. And he, how far along were you at this time? I was like three, three and a half months. Okay. Yeah. And so fast forward, I get to my due date. Everything's good. I go past my due date. Everything's good. <laughs> This kid was born almost <laughs> two feet long, nine pounds, I think six, uh, half grown. Um, <laughs> in the hospital, he's lifting his head, looking around. Hey, what's going on? And, wow. um, and so, yeah, that's Tate Solomon mm. is, is our, our son. And, and through that time is when God really started layering in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 to trust him and don't rely on what makes sense to me. Mm. So don't rely on, like, don't try to make sense of things that are happening. Just trust him. And so it's my license plate. It's my business. (laughs) Because every part of my life, I've needed that reminder Mm -hmm. to trust him and don't rely on what makes sense to me. So, well, that's interesting. Yeah. It was just a, a couple of weeks ago I was in class and was asking the students that question, you know, d- does God's will have to make sense to you? No. And then, you know, I, and then ask the question, you know, d- did it make sense to build an ark, <laughs> you know, on dry land when there probably had never been any rain before? You know, did it make sense to march around a, a, a city and, and that be your strategy for defeating it? You know, yeah. you know, toot your horn at the end and yell. <laughs> Yeah. It did it did but then we kept all we keep going through scripture and different examples. Did it make sense for someone who knew no sin to take on your sin? Yeah. Uh, you know it's, it's completely unfair. Mm. Yeah. When um I have a friend who her kids, you know, when they would be complaining, Life's unfair, she'd be like, You're right. We are, we'd mm. all be headed to hell if life was fair. Mm. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Like Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good reminder. So, yeah, um, we have three kids. So, Tate and then Zane and Mally. They are all grown now and all married. And Tate has little ones, and they're just (laughs) such a blessing. They're so sweet. And, um, yeah, just God sustained us through growing up when none of them were the same. What worked for one did not work for the next, did right. not work for the next. Yep. And um, I, I, I often remember joking when they were little. I'm like, if 
evolution was true, you'd grow an extra arm for every child, <laughs> and they would have a scroll across their forehead of what they needed by now. And yeah, so, um, but yeah, he sustained us. And um, again, just trust him and mm. um, don't assume that I know what God's will is for their lives. And so that's been a hard one when I'm trusting in my own plan for them or trusting in what I think makes sense for their life and it's not going that way. And um, yeah, God's like, don't assume you know my will for your child. So yeah, but they're they're wonderful. Love them, love their spouses, like such, such sweet spouses like they're such a blessing to our family now they're they're spread out they are geographically yes yeah yeah so tate and megan and their little ones um they live in arizona they just moved back they moved back from alaska so we get that blessing of of doing life with them that's great and then um zane and hannah live in oregon and Mally and Johan live in British Columbia. Okay. Yeah. And you guys are in Arizona now. Yes. That's right. Yes, okay. we are. Uh, well, now, what's going on with with you and Kyle now? What's what's life like now? Full. Okay. It's very full. I I joke about how did you, Kyle, end up with three jobs? That are all 24-7. <laughs> so um, we have um, an Airbnb mm-hmm. that we may uh, manage and clean and all that kind of stuff. And so that's a sweet thing that we do together. And we have an internet supply or a WISP, an internet business. And um, that's in Nevada. And then he's a pastor. Mm-hmm. So... All three things, you can't just say, oh, I'm sorry you're in the hospital. Maybe next week I'll get around to seeing you. Or, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry your internet's out. Or, oh, I'm sorry you can't get into the place. You know, right, like right, you're right. kind of always have to be available. So, mm-hmm. um, but this is how God's life for us right now, and it's great. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that that's interesting because... It's. It is. I think the the natural instinct for us is to uh, protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I I need this downtime. I need. I I need. We need to be together. We need and mm-hmm. and that's not always what the Lord has for us. That's been a big thing, probably this last year or two. Um, or actually, even more. Probably, um, probably three years ago. Of God just convict, like changing my mind of none of your time is yours. It's mm. all mine. Mm. Yeah. And. Well, we say it's no longer I who live. Right. But then we still want like me time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you know, grumble or complain because I'm burnt out or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so that just that mental shift of it's all his time mm. and. Lord, how do you want to live through me today? Like, what is your plan for this body <laughs> today? Do you remember Bob Hobson? 
He was he was our, one of our guest lecturers for years, and uh, he's he's gone home to be with the Lord. But he used to he used to tell us that every day I jump out of bed mm. and drop dead, mm. yeah, and say, "Lord, your day. Yeah. What do you have for us?" Yeah, and that that has always come back to me. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think I tell our I tell our students that. Uh, I tell my, look, I'm 57 years old. I've been a believer since I was nine. And I can tell you this, that as soon as this trial that you're experiencing now and your life is over with, the next one's on the horizon. Hmm. And often, it's the same trial. Hmm. It's the same thing. The Lord is so patient with us that he's, he's continuing to work that in us, you know, to work, you know, to work in us that this is not about me. That this is his life, and I can trust him for his life. I. It was just last year when we were here that the verse "to live is Christ, to die is gain" mm-hmm. drove me nuts. Mm-hmm. I got the "to die is gain." That's why I came to him, <laughs> like as a child. Right. Like I wanted to go live with him. That's gain, you know. Yeah. But the whole "to live is Christ." Grammatically, it, it just sounds off like I just it frustrated me mm-hmm. and so I remember walking around the loop and thinking like why isn't it it to live is like Christ or to live is for Christ like it just it just was irritating to me to li- hear that and going to school here and being a part of this you hear that verse often I'm yeah. just like it just irritated me yeah. and um so I'm like oh I just want there to be something else why isn't there something else? Oh, maybe that's the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's not something else. And then I just, <laughs> it's like God was like, oh, finally I can work with this. Yeah. <laughs> and and so, um, yeah, there's nothing else. It's not like or for or because or yeah. just, and, and some don't even have um, the is. It's just to live Christ. Yeah. And so, yeah. so I'm still trying trying to wrap my mind around that. Well, that was that was the that, that was what the Lord had to work in my heart as a young man. That you know I was really struggling and fighting Him because I, I kept trying to live what I knew was right and was continuing to just be miserable. Yeah. And the Lord showed me Colossians two nine and ten. For in him, in Christ, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him, you've been made complete. He's the head of all rule and authority. To to come to that realization that there really is nothing else to add to everything in him. And and, and we're so messed up that we think there's more than everything. Uh You know, that we can add something to this we can add something to jesus when we've been made complete in him so now trust him yeah <laughs> yeah for yeah. sure yeah and yeah. it's and of course you know it is a battle it's a battle with the flesh you know it's you know to, to to say it is one thing to to walk in this mm-hmm. is another to trust him is another yeah. and that's all the time yeah and he's faithful to work that yes yeah yeah for sure yeah, that's yeah. neat. Well, is there anything else you want to share with us? Um, yeah, I, okay. I mean, just God is so, 
his loving kindness is so sweet. Mm. Um, I have the opportunity to be part of a ministry at home called mm-hmm. Backpacks of Hope. Mm. And it's a ministry that started in 2012. And so we do backpacks with um, supplies for the first 24 hours and eternal okay. <laughs> um, for kids going into foster care mostly. Oh, wow. We work with the Department of Child Safety, the local branches, and um, it's just been so sweet. I, When the need was first brought up, I just my heart just ached for these kids, and I didn't really understand why it was aching, just deep. Um, but God just gave me this heart of compassion empathy for these kids when I didn't even realize why. Um, And so that has just been so neat to see how God has opened that door, sustained it. Um, We put God's word in these backpacks. Mm. Um, It's just, and and pray for these kids specifically. Um, I love praying with other kids. Like the kids will pack the backpacks and then we pray specifically and and I I love hearing their prayers because um, their God is so big they can pray for anything mm. and I mm. think as adults we we filter our prayers and we we make them more realistic in our mind yeah. and so yeah I love doing that. Um, it's a few years into that, um, about the age of 40, God allowed me to start remembering abuse that I had had okay. as a child. And so all of a sudden things started making sense. Um, my sleep issues, being stuck in fight or flight, just all, you know, physical things, just all those. Um, and it made sense why I had this this heart for these kids and mm. I remember God um, prompting me to share a part of my testimony and I, I just fought him I'm like no I don't want to do it and and he said I've given you a heart of or the privilege of empathy with these kids and I'm like this is not a privilege mm. <laughs> and and um, but just seeing that it is a privilege and seeing how you know we we look at the verse that God um has good works that he's prepared in advance for us to walk in, mm-hmm. right? But then not wanting to be prepared ourselves mm. for those good works. Wow. And so sometimes I've seen that God needs to prepare me for something down the road that he has for me to do, to walk in. And um, I... I was so blessed during that time to also be going through the life of Joseph. And it was really helpful for me to see Joseph's life was not okay. Mm. A lot of not great things happened to him. Mm. I mean, all the family drama <laughs> happened. Right, yeah. um, thrown up, hit, sold to slavery, falsely accused falsely imprisoned. Mm -hmm. I mean, the list goes on. And so at the end, 
when his brothers are again lying, saying, oh, by the way, dad said, mm-hmm. <laughs> be nice to us. Um, <laughs> he said, what you meant for evil, God used for good. Mm-hmm. And it that gave me permission to not just say, oh, you know, I know it says in everything, give thanks, but that had been used in my life very flippantly of just like, oh, just give thanks for everything. And it, and not having the permission to call evil, evil. And so it's like, I can call that evil. Mm-hmm. What happened to me as a child was evil, but God, mm. but God right. used it for good. Right. And I can get to the point where I'm grateful for those things. I'm grateful that God prepared me, that God gave me the privilege of empathy mm. so that I can see him at work. Um, I feel like I've had a front row seat mm. to God at work mm. in these kids' lives. We've heard testimony of how these backpacks, you know, without God's word, without the prayers, without the handwritten notes of with verses in them, it would just be a backpack of stuff. <laughs> um, but we've seen how God has used those to change kids' lives and to to bring hope into a, a situation where their life is upside down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, so grateful that God allowed me this life to where I'm, I'm, I get to see that and be a part of that. So, um, it, it has been hard. Um, just a few, a few years ago, a pastor friend of ours, um, questioned what my thoughts were towards God the Father. He, he knew kind of my history, knew my story, and, and all of a sudden I realized that all these years, so this is just another layer of God being his loving kindness towards me, of mm-hmm. not like not showing me all the areas that I think wrongly of him, not showing me all the areas I need to grow all at once, but just these layers. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I, I panicked, and I, I mean, I couldn't breathe, I couldn't, oh, wow. couldn't swallow for a while, and um, he's like, why don't, why can't you say this truth about God the Father? And I'm like, because he didn't protect me as a child, and if he was a good father, he would have protected me. And so I went through a pretty dark time for a couple, a couple years ago, for a chunk of the year, and I went through where... I hated John 3.16. Mm. I did not want somebody to say, I'm going to show my love to you. I'm going to demonstrate it by having my son go and be abused and killed. That's how I'm going to say I love you. Mm. And I'm like, I don't want anything to do with you. But I knew that it was a package deal. (laughs) (laughs) And I knew I, I just loved Jesus. I knew I desperately needed the Holy Spirit. But I was wrestling with this hatred towards God the Father and this um, this anger. Like, why would you do that to your son? Why would you allow me to go through that? And so it's just, um, I had some sweet friends that my heart was very safe with that I shared this that journey with. I, I said, don't try to fix me, <laughs> but you can pray for me yeah. through it. And um, they did. And... Um, and God just showed his heart toward 
hurts me and that he is a good father and that he did go through all those things. Jesus, Jesus wasn't alone in his suffering. That um, as the father watching that, the heart-wrenchingness mm-hmm. of that, and um, and so just going through those things and and having having a God that you can tell anything to. I I journal, pray a lot, and so I'm writing these things down and. I think if, if somebody found that journal, they'd be like, whoa, <laughs> what is wrong with this person? But um, I just think, well, he knows it anyway. He knows I'm thinking those right. things anyway. Yeah. It's not shocking to him. He can handle it. Yeah, Hebrews 4.12. He knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so um, just just seeing how he is sovereign and and loving and um, and currently just kind of going through okay, you say I'm sovereign, then why are you stressed out? Why are you trying to help me? Why, why am I trying to help God? Why am I trying to give him ideas? Like, oh, well, have you thought about this? You know, <laughs> what about this idea? Um, why, why am I losing sleep? Why am I, um, you know, why don't I lose sleep being overwhelmed at his goodness towards me? Mm. Why am I not beside myself because of his kindness towards me Mm. and his, his grace towards me? Like, why am I only emotional in, in the bad stuff? And even, even seeing like right now, just seeing how I'm labeling things as bad, Mm -hmm. but yet seeing how that one thing caused this other thing mm. and caused this good thing, you know? Mm. And so, so I need to quit labeling things as good and bad. Mm. I mean, yes, there is sin and there is evil, but, but just, um, a blown tire or a, or a somebody getting sick or somebody, you know, like certain things that are just part of our, our life, quit labeling them as good as good and bad. If, if I'm trusting God to be sovereign, mm. I can trust him to orchestrate all those things for his will. I I can identify with that because I I think, you know, for me, you know, the the battle is that I want to determine what is good. Right. And as you were speaking, I I was reminded of that one verse that is always given to somebody, you know, when they're going through a hard thing for the purpose of encouragement. And usually it just makes a person mad. (laughs) And that's Romans 8, 28. Mm. You know, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good mm-hmm. to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And we stop there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then, you know, so we try to, okay, we try to deal with, okay, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's going to make it good. That means he's going to do this. He's going to fix it this way. Our definition of yes, good. Yes, <laughs> right. But you go on and he tells you what his good is in the next verse. For mm-hmm. those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become, and here it is, his good, conformed to the image of his son. Hmm. And that is his good. And he's faithful in that. And as you're, you know, as you're just sharing, I'm seeing that, you know, of how he's, what he's working in your heart, what he brings you to yeah, is what's true of him. And, it, and this, this is like you were saying earlier, this is the life of Christ, hmm. you know, for me to live is Christ. And God is faithful in that. And, but that's what he designed us for. That's what yeah. he created us for. And that's what we have fallen from. And that's what he's so faithful to bring back. And again, reminding me of what you said earlier, too, that this is really about him. 
this life is about him. Yeah, and it's, I just feel like I'm just starting to grasp it yeah. after 30 years. You know, yeah. we were here 30 years ago and it was kind of, you know, put in our heads. And and yet he's so patient. And mm-hmm. so why am I impatient with, well, why do I want other people to grow in maturity faster than I am growing in maturity? <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, just just more and more. Um, the last couple months, Matthew eleven twenty eight through twenty nine, has been brought across my path. He is hitting me over the head with it, um, over and over and over from all different sources. And I mean, just Sunday here in Texas at Bernie Bible, mm-hmm. Connor mentioned it again, and it's like, okay, so. What does it mean to come to him? What does it mean to take his yoke? What does it mean to learn from him? What does it mean to find a resting place for my soul? So um, I love that that's another layer. That's another mm-hmm. thing that that currently he's like, okay, daughter, mm-hmm. this is what I have for you next. This is what I want you to learn. And so... Yeah, I'm digging into it and like, okay, what does this mean? What yeah. I that sounds really good. <laughs> a resting place for my soul. You know, like so um I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know what what message he's wanting me to get, but yeah, if if God puts a verse in your life over and over and over from all different sources, like maybe just stop and dig into it. Mm. Yeah, that's good <laughs> yeah. advice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, Amy, I thank you so much. Yeah. I, I, I know we could just keep going. Mm. We could just keep talking. And maybe we'll pick up this conversation again next year, maybe. Mm. Um, but I do appreciate, uh, because I know you're willing to do these things, but you're not looking. <laughs> you're not you're not <laughs> looking for this. Yeah. We had a, a funny conversation this morning. You said something to the effect that, you know, Lord... You know, I'm just available to what you want. And then this comes up. You said, not that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's not quite what I meant. <laughs> and yes. no, that I understand. But I appreciate you doing this and, mm-hmm. and, and, and just being, you know, being open and faithful to encourage us back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, if I can share with others and who God is mm-hmm. and who how he's revealed himself to me Mm -hmm. and that will never stop. But those are just some highlights of how God has shown himself to me over the years. And um, we get eternity to keep finding out more more things about him. Keep learning. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. You've been listening to the His Hill podcast featuring our host, Kelly Doherty, along with alumna, Amy Jo Moore. Thanks so much for tuning in with us this week. We are excited to welcome guests to the Hilltop in just five days for our annual Thanksgiving conference. Our speakers this year are Peter Reed and Charles Price. Sessions will be available to view online at hishill.org if you are unable to attend in person. This conference week is always such an encouragement to us in the Hilltop, and we hope it is an encouragement for those who attend as well. Please keep us in your prayers as the conference approaches and unravels that we would love well and give God the glory in all that we do here.
Thanks again for tuning in with us this week to another episode of the His Hill Podcast. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ. I'm Lizzie, and we'll see you next week.